Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Extra issue. We are reviewing the last uh, season, season three of Dark on uh, Netflix. I'm Brent Wingate. I'm Kaylin. Clark. I'm Ryan. And I'm alternate Brent Wingate. Okay, so uh, there's a lot to cover. Um, we've reached the end of the third cycle slash season of the hit time traveling show, um, Dark, and uh, it does not make anything any simpler. So at the also, end of the last season, oh. I was just gonna say spoilers ahoy. If you have not watched any of Dark or the third season of Dark, don't listen to this. Only come and listen if you have seen all three seasons and you've seen them, seen it four times each, so you can understand what happened. Also, also another, side, another side note, if you haven't seen any of it, you could listen to our entire review and be very confused and be fine and still watch yeah. the whole, all three seasons. It would be like you're oh, watching You're going to be confused. Show. <laughs> All right, another side note, don't listen to this podcast, period. <laughs> All right, guys, we got we to gotta get on ahoy. Okay. So, at, at the end of the last season, we were introduced to the possibility of alternate worlds, and this season gave us that uh, good and hard. As an alternate universe, Marta saves the current universe, Jonas, from the apocalypse, which reveals a timeline where similar events have and will happen but sometimes at different times and sometimes by different people. For example, we can tell who is the alternate universe Marta because she thought Bangs would work for her at one point and never changed her mind about it. Um, this is, once again, a very difficult show to fully summarize, um, but I guess here's our attempt. So there are two sides who have been fighting for control of time. The Dark, which is run by older Jonas named Adam, which seeks to uh, end the infinite loop of time travel by destroying all time altogether. And on the other side is the light, which is run by an alternate universe, Marta, who is sometimes called Eva, and she seeks to preserve the knot of time by using Adam as a pawn to continually remake the loop that keeps everyone alive, even if miserable. Uh, but as always, there's a third way uh, with this show, with the amazing Claudia, who has discovered that both the current universe and the alternate one are branches of a third universe, which began after H.G. Tanhouse's misguided attempt to bring back his tragically killed son, daughter-in-law, and granddaughter. In order to break the cycles and let Regina live, Claudia has young Marta and Adam say, or Jonas, save Tanhouse's children, preventing him from creating a horrifying infinite loop of misery that lasted forever. Okay, so that's a lot. Um, <clears throat> let's start the way all of our loops start. Uh, Kaylin, why don't you take it? Why is this the worst? Why? Oh, we're starting with the worst. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, I was ready to talk about the best. Uh, why is this the oh, worst? I threw I mean, you for a loop. You threw me for a loop. It's like an <laughs> infinite loop there. Um, Honestly, the, um, I'll just say there's a lot to like about the show. I will say the religious allegories are a little too on the nose. I mean, Adam and Ava, come on. You know, we to? get <laughs> Adam and Steve, you know, that gay couple that live down the street from us. Um, you know, it's, it's like the, the religious allegories are just like a little on the nose. I will say um, the dialogue of the show, they all speak in cliches. All the characters do as much as possible. Like it doesn't sound naturalistic at all, even though we're reading subtitles and it's in German. I, like I wish I understood German to see if it like would sound more natural to my ears. But um, that's like very, those are like my only real issues with the show in general. I do think season three could have benefited for maybe an additional episode or two to let the story breathe a little bit and to get more time in um, Ava's, Ava's world, basically, like Marta, Marta's uh, universe where Jonas never existed. I, I would have liked to have seen more of that. And I, I felt like I think we could have used more time in the third world or the original world because that felt like that kind of came in almost like as a, 
um, like in the climax of, of the season of the entire series. Uh, and it didn't give us any time to kind of absorb everything that was happening. But that's my worst. Ryan, why is this the worst? Um, it, it is very hard to pinpoint something because it will come off as something that is great. Um, with that in mind, I think you could maybe pinpoint the ending as maybe being a little too happy, too much of a happy cliche sort of ending. Um, but that is even a stretch. And I'm, I'm basically reaching at anything to find why it's the worst right now. Clark, do you have anything? Um, um, all of Kalen's points, I would like to refute at some point or maybe not need to. Um, my only real issue was the janky special effects that happened in that time tunnel. Yeah, they're not, also not great. You didn't like the little fairy angels moving through? No, the that was my only, only issue. Or when they were standing at that art tech house uh, exhibit? <laughs> That's exactly what it That's reminded exactly me. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they turned uh, the fucking light corner. Yeah. Kaylin, I will say one thing that I did have a problem with, both with the religious thing. With the religious thing, it was that it felt like they were noting that there's like a religious aspect to this, that they are continually giving birth and that they're gods, but they didn't feel like there was any kind of more metaphorical payoff. There was nothing about it that I really felt like it, it, it felt too surface level for me. Correct. The thing about the dialogue is that they, the show basically requires you to trust it to have some compelling story. And so they stole the characters for so long that the characters just end up saying the end is the beginning and the beginning is in over and over again. And it like on the one hand, okay, a little repetition is fine given the nature of the story, but Man, I feel like I've seen that and heard that in German so much more than I thought I should. I know how to say that in German. And I won't do it on podcast, but I know it now. I just yeah. believe also, in terms of the religious allegory and stuff, the show's called Dark. It's about creation of worlds. And so obviously it's going to deal with Adam and Eve, because how could it not? If we're not dealing with creation of worlds and coming from nothingness, how can you do, how can you use that without dealing with that religious allegory? Well, sure, in a Judeo-Christian way, but obviously we're talking about Germany. So, yeah, you yeah. would more than like other other religious, um, um, you know, uh, creation myths. Um, I will also say, if I hear a glitch in the Matrix one more fucking time, <laughs> I'm going to jump inside. It's like, that, like, Jonas, that movie came out before you were born. Stop it. <laughs> like, well, we don't know. know. Any point where was born. <laughs> but I do love that sure. the translation of it is like, Eine glitch in the matrix. And you're like, that's not really German, is it? <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Uh, I, oh, sorry, Kale. Oh, I was going to ask you what you thought was the worst, and then we can go into the best. Oh, I was just confirming. I was agreeing with you. That was my, my oh, way okay. of doing it. Reverse order. Clark, why is this the best? Jesus Christ. I, I explained it to um, my roommate, Denny, as... I inadvertently have found out that my favorite television shows are quote-unquote long-form mysteries with a purposeful expiration date dealing with fixing a world that was never supposed to exist. Um, going back... I love that genre on Netflix. This is definitely my favorite show in 10 years. And the other one that's probably my number two, and this is a very strange one, is uh, there was a series called Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, which was long-form uh, purposeful expiration date two episode, two, excuse me, two season series that dealt with creating, uh, creating a world and destroying another world that was never supposed to exist. I don't know why that's suddenly my genre, but it is. I just find this show freaking fascinating and fabulous in every way. Uh, Ryan, did you have an oddly specific fetish about the show? Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, I think Clark should just watch a lot of CSI. I think he would get a lot of pleasure out of those. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, no, I, it is one of the most thought out shows that we have ever, ever, ever seen in any sort of fashion ever. Like it is so thoroughly thought out that like, I, I don't, I think it could go up against any TV show. And um, with that in mind, every article that I read about all this, cause I was infatuated with everything, all the little things, all of them said it's almost as if the writers 
knew where the ending was when they started. And you're like, shut the fuck up, first of all. That's dumb. But also, yeah, because they wrote three seasons. So they did know where it was going to end up. But with that in mind, it's just so well thought out. There's literally no loose threads except one, which they make fun of in the very last episode, um, which we'll talk about at a certain point. But yes, there's no loose threads. You can try to go back. They fucking do everything. And so much incest. I love it. I love it. If I can add to that before we go to Kaylin, it, it does have a certain feel like their future selves gave them the script yeah. that I'm going to write uh, that was going to be the script. Uh, it's just staggering how complicated it is and that two people basically had that in their minds. Kaylin, why is this the best? So I agree with everything Clark and Ryan said, um, and even what you said, Brent. Um, it's amazing. It's almost 10 years to the day uh, that we had the series finale for Lost a show that had, you know, um, a lot of wonderful qualities, but clearly Lindelof and others hadn't quite thought through the ending. And then, you know, they kind of retroactively said, well, it really wasn't about, you know, the mystery box stuff. It's like, well, then you shouldn't have sold it that way. Whereas Dark, I felt like they meticulously plotted every single point of uh, how the characters interacted, how they all related with one another, and how to keep the uh, especially in season three, which um, even though I felt like I was being a little too negative when we were talking about why it's the worst, the fact that it was juggling different timelines, different worlds, and then showing the same character over and over again. And I was never once confused. They knew how to use visual cues very well with when we're talking about Marta and her shitty ass bangs from her world to older Marta as Ava or middle-aged Marta and then older Marta, and then you've got the different versions of Noah, you know, different versions of Jonas, the different version of Bartos, all of them. But also, um, look, as, a, as comic book fans, uh, some of my favorite tropes are well-done time travel stories and parallel worlds, uh, like a multiverse. And the fact that we had a TV show handle both so beautifully, even better than a lot of comic book universes that we review on on podcast just gave me so much joy. Uh, it is it is so 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 well done, despite its inc very 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 minor minor flaws. Clark? Is, is, does anyone think that they're totally spoiled for any other time travel thing, show, movie, comic that's ever going to happen? Forever. Fuck you, Back to the Future. Forever. There's one thing that's completely blown out of the water. People were shocked when Darth Vader says, I am your father. This show is like taking that and revving it to a hundred. Like, fuck you if your big reveal from now on yeah. is some familial relation because yeah. <laughs> grandmothers on daughters, it's got grandfathers on grandfathers on grandfathers. Those were thrown out so casually. So I'm my own grandfather that killed my own mother. That is my sister. That is my mom. That is my aunt that I fucked. Like, they are fucked forever. Like, not, <laughs> that is not a trope we can use anymore because Dark did it best, which I love. So, like, it, it, like creators it's funny going you, forward have to be smarter. It's funny yeah, that you mentioned, uh, you, you, you mentioned Back to the Future because I actually think that the writers, uh, the two German guys, they watch Back to the Future and they're like, there's something good here and we can find a way to make it more yeah. German, darker, pardon the pun, um, and just find ways to make it, in, uh, it uh, internally consistent in the same way that the first Back to the Future movie, I would even argue the second Back to the Future movie uh, uh, worked you know, 25, 30 years ago. Um, but- well, They comment uh, on the Back to the Future in, in season two, yeah. Um, when Egon's talking to Claudia, that's like the only other time they really mention another time travel-related show or movie. Which makes sense, because that was in 1986, and Back to the Future had come out in 1985. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. Yep. I think for me, to add on to your point, Kalen, the cinematography in the show is extraordinarily impressive. They mm -hmm. so many very simple sets and locations and really make them feel expansive and like you're where the characters are at all moments in time. 
Um, like I just love the, for example, the, the, I thought it was kind of repetitive at first, but now I really like it. The side by side where they have a young version of a character versus the old. And the thing that I really like about it now is that there are characters who are in parallel universes and it's kind of hinting at this kind of crazy framework of time where there's a young me and an old me, but in this world, there's also a completely different version of us um, that is existing in tandem. On top of that, Brent, I would also say in uh, what Ava did was even within her world, uh, she created two different tracks, the infinity symbol, where you've got Marta going in to save um, Jonas uh, in the other world to bring him to her world. And in the other universe, when she doesn't go in because Bartos comes and tells her not to go into the house. And like that's happening in that world. And it's like the level of complexity, uh, yet it doesn't feel like it gave me like a headache in the best way possible. Like it doesn't, it doesn't ever fall apart. The narrative never falls apart. So let's continue on that. Uh, let's uh, get into some of the characters. What do you guys think of middle-aged Marta, old Marta, Eva? What's your take I do on want it? to say quickly, um, it's not two German guys doing it. Uh, Yanta Fries is a female. Oh, thank you for the correction. What was so your what question? Mar Marta, middle-aged, older, Eva. Uh, middle-aged Marta is just a throwaway, don't care but she's yeah. not necessary anyways. Yeah. Um, I never really cared for Marta in the mm -hmm. first couple of seasons. I always felt like she was just like, um, she would never meet any kind of Bechdel test. Like she was just completely uh, like a reaction to Jonas and Bartosz and you know, uh, she's Ulrich's daughter. She's Mikkel's older sister, you know, Magnus's younger sister. And then she finally has some agency, I think in the third season. Um, which I was by design, uh, but like the fact that um, she's the mirror image of Jonas slash Adam makes a ton of sense. Um, I really liked, I really liked um, uh, Ava and I loved her, especially in the final episode when um, she wants Adam to shoot her and saying, we're just going to start the cycle over again. And then he doesn't. And like, she's honestly surprised and they have a very tender moment. And it was like, um, it just made me love her even more. Uh, that like this cold calculating, you know, sophisticated character had an incredibly tender moment with, you know, the person that she at one point loved, uh, just was so well done. Ryan. So season three, uh... It, it was a very different vibe because I think it was slower pace in the first two seasons and they had to expedite the other world, the second Earth 2, if you will, and then the origin world. They had to expedite that, but it didn't feel expedited because you knew where everyone was going to land. So I, I loved it so much. The only thing that um, maybe didn't benefit from it is all the ancillary characters did not get as much screen time as they normally would in the previous season. So that, I think, um, but it was necessary because they ultimately knew it was about, unfortunately, Adam and Eva. Like, but I, I think it was done well, and it made me like Marta so much more than he did. And also, if you, ever, if you ever don't see your friend for a while and she shows up with bangs, you know what that's about now. So I, I think everyone should think about that because there's- To me, that is, the, that is the Clark Kent wears glasses of characters that I'm like, who the fuck is this bitch? That's not Marta. That's not the same <laughs> idea who she is. I, I do want to say, I mean, I still- um, It's going yeah. off slightly, but it'll drag back to what we're talking about. Katarina is my hate, most hated character in the series. I despise her. I do like- earth 2 version and i love real world version but i hate her and for the first two seasons marta was just a, a baby clone of her in terms of just like reacting to things but also being kind of stroppy and annoying at the same time and so her becoming a full-fledged character very interesting character um without Jonas existing uh, i really enjoyed yeah i would also say uh adding to that clark i like uh katrina even like earth one katrina 
in the third season when she's stuck in the 80s and she's trying she's conspiring to break old Ulrich out and then you realize what a monster her mother is oh yeah Holy well that's fuck. the problem but that that uh I don't like having to sacrifice my hatred for somebody because my hatred for the person that created that person um, <laughs> tries to trump it. So I was fighting the producers on that. You should watch The Housewives sometime. Uh, I used to. What, I used to. What do you guys think of the uh, the additional character, the punk bluegrass band of Martha's young child, Martha's middle-aged child, and Martha's old child, aka uh, the clip trio? Creepy as fuck. <laughs> like, I remember, um, I guess the first time we really see them uh, is when they kill, uh, what's his face, Doppler, um, um, you know, uh, uh, Heigl's burnt, father. Burnt, burnt, burnt. Yeah, yeah burnt, yeah, burnt toast uh, Doppler there. Um, like, and you see the kid come in and he's got the crazy eyes. And I was like, I'm gonna have fucking nightmares after this episode. Like, uh, like the 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 middle-aged guy is already kind of creepy looking. The old guy, whatever. But that kid, like, they need to keep casting him in like every horror movie ever because that's gonna give everyone nightmares. I'm never gonna be able to see an apple the same way again. And did you see how many times people would cut, like cut eat apples for the entire series? Is like I can't eat an apple without slicing it with the knife and putting the fucking oh, knife yeah. in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Apples are ruined. Apples, like apples in TV shows and movies always annoy me because I'm like, oh, yeah, this fucker's eat this asshole's eating an apple. Fuck yeah. off. Stop using apples to show that you're a dick. I mean, this uh, is Adam and Eve shit, so it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the fucking religious allegory is out of control. That's the point oh. of the show, though. Sure. Yeah. Uh, with that said, I I like seeing uh, how first and foremost the the scene for the time to play kids on them. Hey, when hey, Ryan, 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 stop talking, Ryan. Your internet's breaking up and it's not coming through. So oh, you're gonna okay. have to figure that you gotta figure that out. Sorry. Out the toilet. Ryan, maybe you can go to your neighbor's place. He might have better Wi-Fi. Him and his annoying new dog. Do you want to try it again, yeah. Ryan? Yeah, just um, seeing the visual of the older and younger um, kid of them come together and use their hand motions in the same exact way was just so frightening and scary. Um, and I love the fact that they just were not like the savior that this child should be. I just love that so much. It just turned out to be a monster, a goddamn monster, and I love it. I Did definitely you know that, that the, the old version of that, or the origin, um, is the actual father in real life of the middle-aged one? Yeah. No, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, he got his, wow. he got his father, just the same as Peter, um, 1986, is actually the real-life son of the current Peter. Oh yeah, we did some good job casting. That was my favorite casting yeah. of all time, besides Ulrich and old Ulrich. I yeah. thought and that then, the middle-aged guy was actually more terrifying, Caitlin. Oh, horrifying! His intense stare and vulture-like look made me so uncomfortable. And I love the idea of this person who, you know, the the, the fact that this kid is around. Like, how do you convince a kid to do all this stuff? The kid is around and these are, ju it's just a time displaced person who is constantly shifting through this insane loop. Uh, yeah. was, I, I love that idea of someone born basically out of place. Yeah, it took, me, it took me a couple of times to realize that uh, the relation was he was Agnes's husband and Tronte's yes. father. So I, I didn't pick up on it immediately. Which um, makes, uh, uh, Jonas, his own great great grandfather. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So, um, I know they had to do it. Is it weird that like two beautiful people gave birth to like uh, a complete creepo, like yeah. giant bug eyed, insane person? That's how it usually happens. Two beautiful yeah. people make an uggo. Uh, but remember, they they're the they're related. They're related. So, like when you have incest babies. There, there wasn't too many incest yeah. people. 
Clark, when you have incest babies, sometimes they're hot and sometimes I didn't they're... know that. This show could be called Incest Babies. That's it. No, they're like, going to do like a Muppet Baby version where they yeah, show them no, as like, like three-year-olds. Yeah, it's the prequel. In incest Babies. All right, let's move on a little bit. Um, what do you guys think about, I think one of the, the huge promises that the show tries to make that it, it can show you the transition from young Jonas to old Adam. How well do you guys think they did that character arc? Do you think this season really filled in the remaining gaps we needed? Um, yeah, I, I, and I think, think it, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Clark. No, go ahead, Clark. I think it purposely didn't go far enough because you wanted to do, at the very last moment, you Please wanted to explain see, why Adam was obsessed with older clothes. Yeah, you wanted to, you yeah. wanted to see medium Adam, I mean, medium Jonas, almost become him but like at the very last minute you see him when he's thinking and you know doesn't quite know what's happening but also like mentally there might be tears going on they purposely right. i mean he kills his freaking mother so obviously they show it far enough to know that he's going to turn into a piece of shit and he's starting to get all the rash slash disease slash you know like electric burns on him um I, uh, Clark, you actually read my mind um i was going to say the same thing i think because they wanted to uh have that a uh, very shocking scene when uh, Hannah comes back to like 1910 um, and, you know, has um, her daughter who ends up being Bartosz's wife later on. Um, uh, just how horrific when uh, Adam kills her in the bed. Like they needed to like have that shocking moment and not fill in the gap of like, you know, the hottest possible Jonas when he's got the hair kind of slicked back and he's got like the turn of the century outfit um and then um, you know, I'll jerk off now if I want to um this is a gay oh. podcast um but uh but then showing like the sort of young Adam you know what I'm saying like when he like you see him being disfigured but he's not jowly like old Adam for lack of a better yeah. term yeah um so you mean I, the, he the shock sorry the shock was no no no. it's fine the shock of that scene was needed uh and so they didn't they shouldn't have filled on the gaps they did that correctly do you know what the greatest thing that they fixed in season two was the constant weird gross wetness that was under Adam's eyes the entire season was gone. He actually had, it was, I couldn't pay attention. Whenever he hit, he looked just like slimy under his eyes at all times in season two. So <laughs> yeah. glad I didn't yeah. notice that, Clark. Uh, I didn't notice Awful. that gross feature. You need to look because it's not great. All right. Um, moving on to some plot stuff. Uh, we did just talk about Adam killing his mother. What did you guys think about uh, Katarina kind of become becoming a crazy time traveling mess? I I love my favorite thing and the thing I immediately went ah ah to. Do you remember in season two when at the like second to last episode in like the you know six months earlier part where they go to the mm -hmm. um, go to the lake and um, God I just lost her head name in my head. Um, uh, da, 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 where the fuck are you, Magnus? Mag you know Magnus and Bartosz oh, are talking. No, oh, Ma no Magnus and Bart. No, Magnus and Bartosh are in the lake with um, with Marta, and they're like making fun of her and talking about like the old drowned woman that they found in the lake once, and she still might be there and pull you under. The very second Yo. that Katarina's mother killed her, I was like, she's gonna drag her into the lake because she's gonna be the drowned woman, and they fucking did it. And I was like, so they were making fun of Marta and being like, your own mother is gonna like drag you down and be a fucking monster oh it's so good I, I completely forgot about that i, well, I that, watched, wow that is a that is a good good catch good Lord. i am um, what oh i forgot i was gonna do this earlier who who watched all three seasons in this last like right after season okay so i did so yeah so i definitely was I like immediately on like digging through all of the stuff at the same time ryan what'd you think of uh of katarina and her goal to save alternate universe Ulrich. I thought it was pointless, but I did love her just getting crazier and crazier as it was going along. Um, I just, uh, I, I think this season was not about Jonas anymore, and I really just like that. It was about Claudia and Marta the entire time, and I was kind of here for it because 
it was weird to concentrate so much on him when you knew there were so many other moving parts. I think they yeah. did themselves a disservice to not um, spotlight Marta earlier, honestly. Yep. And I mean, I mean, getting bangs is always a bad decision. <laughs> I mean, wasn't that, I think that was purposeful. We, we I know, it looked like bad, that. is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it was purposefully bad, okay. No. No, it was no. Clark's right. It's deliberate. Like by making her a character that didn't have agency at first, then giving her agency was very smart. It's definitely a show that, like, I think now that you have all three seasons, like I've I've been telling some of our mutual friends, like you need to go and like watch this now. You know, it's whatever. What is it? Uh, uh, Twenty five episodes. Um, you'll be able to knock it out in a couple of weeks, um, or like a couple of days if you're a crazy person. Um, that, um, you know, it's just, it's just absolutely so well done. Um, so one, one thing I just want to quickly mention, um, uh, it's more of a question really is, uh, Hannah, when she's in 1953 and she gets pregnant and is, goes to have the abortion and she sees the young girl, that was Katrina's mother. Yes. Yes. And I want to dig into that for a minute. Um, so she, obviously that was not actually Katarina being born because, it would be too early in terms of um, yeah. time, in terms of time period. But um, so this thing, I didn't actually, I sp- somewhat paid attention to, somewhat did not. She had the last name that was actually her current last name uh, f- that beforehand. And going through the dark website, we find out that, the, remember the um, farmer that we see where all his sheep die in season one? Yes. Yeah. That is actually her father, but the ages don't line up in a functional way. So based on the names and based on the ages, um, the Reddit people that I read, they believe, and it makes sense age-wise, that that is an older relative of her because her name was already what her name was, which makes Katerina like a weird incest baby, but in it, the real world as well. Wait, so like that's oh. dark and fucked up. And the act, so she was most likely aborting an incest child and that's why she was mm. so horrified by it. Not just Got that it. her age was an issue. It was the fact that this child was the product of maybe an uncle or a father oh, or something like that. Yeah. And that Holy that shit. was that was afterwards. That's when I actually felt bad for Katarina. Fuck, I don't care about her mother beating the shit out of her and killing her. <laughs> the reason I, since we're on Katarina, the reason <laughs> I, the reason I still have issues with her is that everyone else kind of, not realizes their mistake, but pays for it in a way um, where you remember when she in season one, where she just starts beating the shit out of Regina in like the most aggressive, a crazy way with like 50 punches. We see her mother do the exact same thing. And the fact that she doesn't have any thought process about her past to continue this tradition is horrifying. And that's what I find really horrifying by her. Do you think that, Part of the mechanism of the show is that a person needs to time travel uh, in order to have real agency. They don't just seem like a victim tempest tossed by fate. By, by going through the process of evaluating their past, their family's past, and what goes on, that that is what gives them some mechanism for like dealing with their reality now right I, be- I, I believe from the sorry um charlotte from season two she did not time travel and i thought she was on the fucking ball and figured herself out before she ever time traveled we barely see her this season when ryan talked about people not having you know screen time she definitely had no functional screen time this season but i think her her point and her learning process happened in season two before she time traveled I think, I think it inherently, we know it's a closed loop and everyone needs to play the part. We know how it's all going to end. But every time someone time travels, like, I'm going to fix this, it only makes things a thousand times more complicated and a thousand times worse. I think, no. I think they're idiots are trying to even get a handle on time travel. All of them. And ultimately... The reason why time travel doesn't work is because time travel doesn't work. Like, it circles back on itself. It's really strange. And Katarina never learns a fucking thing. No. I mean, she dies before she can, frankly, learn something about herself. Yeah, but at least, well, I don't mean that she has to learn something. 
more that she's taking matters into her own hands and kind of recognizing that the decisions she makes are her own, even if she is going to ultimately fall victim to some fate written out in uh, the script. Yeah. Well, what do they say at the beginning of the season? It's like, there's a quote, it's like, it may be your own free will, but free will is not its own thing or something like that, something that... Oh, it's a, it's a quote from, is it Kant? It's not Kant, but it's a man can, uh, a man can achieve whatever he wills, but he cannot will what he wills. Exactly, yeah. We can't decide the stuff that motivates us uh, that is kind of set in some inherent part to us or trained in us, but we can decide to do what we want to do. Just time travel. I will say, because I think one thing as far as the plot goes that I found really fascinating was that this is the first show I've seen with an implied plot line, which is we follow uh, in the first two seasons a universe thinking it's the only one and then discover it's not. And then the rest of the show is a kind of mirror set of characters where we don't see the characters we know perform, but we know they're doing some similar stuff uh, uh, along the way. And I think I, I love the idea because it makes me wonder how well the characters in the alternate universe would be successful. Like, we don't actually see Katarina go back in time uh, in her universe, but maybe she doesn't get killed by her mother. Maybe it's someone else, but the body still appears. Well, it, remember, the, that universe doesn't exist. It only exists, doesn't exist after time travel is created by, uh, what's his face, um, whose name I can never remember. Um, Tenhouse? Uh, ten, Tenhouse, yeah. Tenhouse. So, so cool. if, if, so Katarina could, in that universe couldn't go back in time. You see the paradox there? No, no, no. In, in the universe that I'm talking about, that is the, the, that, is, that is the why of these universes. There's up until Tanhouse splits things, and in one of them that we've been watching the entire time, Katarina can go back in time. But in the other one where they can do the infinite loop, yeah. loop back into that timeline and either change whether or not Adam lives or dies. But I guess, I mean, it's probably the case that the things that would happen to the characters in the alternate universe are the things that would happen in the one that we've seen currently. But I like the yeah. idea that all that is kind of implied. It's implied and it's also, it's tweaked a little bit because like in, let's call it Earth 1, Earth 2, and then Earth 0. Earth 0 is the original universe. Yeah. 1 is what we've been seeing. And then two is what we were introduced to in season three. So in, in Earth 2, you had um, Ulrich go back, but he goes back to 1986 instead of 1953. So like if Katarina did happen to go back, we don't know where she would go back to. She could go back to, you know, 1921 or, you know, or I guess 1920 really, which is 33 years before 1953 uh, or even in the late 19th century. Um, so it, it's just hard to determine what it is. But I do like that they didn't have to show it. I still wish we got a little bit more time on Earth 2. Um, just so we saw some of the mirror, like the mirror effects of, of, of from Earth 1. But I think spending a little bit more time with these alternate characters would have been, I would have, I would have enjoyed it. Well, I, why don't we get into that then? Um, sorry, Clark, were you going to say something? I mean, I felt like I didn't want it and didn't need it. In season one, we only spent the full day, full full time in one timeline for the first episode, much like the same, we were only focusing on one world for one episode. And they kept threading the other world throughout the rest of the episodes just to about the same amount they would do like 1986 in season one. Also, we had to deal with two worlds and not even just three timelines, but filling in every single blank, every created in every other year of all time in season seven. So that I mean, yeah. if we had 30 episodes, we could get to all that quite in depth. Also, I don't need to know um, Katarina in world two. None of them had gone to that point where they, everything seemed about a year behind in terms of how they were gonna realize about time travel and everything else. It just seemed very, yeah. not quite ready for them. 
I think if I wanted, I do think it should be expanded, but I think the area that they should have added to it is in Claudia specifically. I think that her being this kind of agent uh, that's acting independently, semi-independently of the light and dark, and she's got her own agenda, I would have liked to have seen more where they show her plotting and planning and her subterfuge so that it didn't feel so rushed at the very end when she comes in and says she's got an ultimate plan. Brian? I completely agree. I think she was the one missing element. Um, I loved her since she showed up in the 80s, obviously, in that outfit. But like, oh, we, we all loved her. But like, no one, I don't think anyone at that time knew she would play basically the pivotal role, maybe even a little bit more than like Jonas and Marta, because she basically did figure out the entire thing and made everything happen. I, did, I think spending more time with her, I could almost see. Season one, spending time with Jonas. Season two, spending time with Marta. And then season three, spending time with Claudia. Like, I, as the sort of main protagonist. I feel like if we had gone, if we had seen all that, the, it wouldn't, uh, nothing would have been a surprise come season, episode seven. It would have been like, oh yeah, we saw this for the last three episodes. We know what her plan is and what she's trying to do. And I don't want so, to know that because we've never fully known that. And that was kind of purposeful. Well, then my, my edit to that would be a, an additional episode of her, of like having the reveal and then kind of going back to show what she was doing. So the, yeah. the, 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 spo the, the surprise isn't spoiled, but you get to see more of like how she did this because I do agree with Brent um, that, um, that it was kind of a deus ex machina there, uh, which I guess, you know, is, happens in these sort of alleg allegorical tales. Um, but um, I also agree with Clark that, you know, we, we needed the surprise. All right, so what do you guys think? Uh, do you think that in this season, we kind of got the real idea about who's the side of dark and who's the side of light? Because we had heard that terminology used in the prior two seasons, but it was always extraordinarily vague. Do you think that it would have been better uh, for us to have learned their motivations sooner? Or no. do you think it would have given too much stuff away? No. Too much stuff away. Um, so out, right? idea, and like good science fiction stories, like um, while, you know, it's very, very dated and it's got a lot of problems, like the core concept of something like Babylon 5 uh, had this sort of Manichean, you know, uh, ostensibly good versus evil, uh, larger macro thing happening uh, throughout the entire series. If you've ever seen it, it's the Vorlons versus the Shadows. The Vorlons are the good people. They look like angels, um, depending on um, what species is looking at them. In the Shadows, they look like demons. But you realize that the Vorlons are incredibly paternalistic, and what the, the Shadows are trying to do is uh, try to, you know, use competition to help shape, like, uh, stronger species. Uh, which is, you know, problematic in its own way, but you can understand the sort of Darwinistic elements of what they're trying to do. The, uh, this is now a 25-year spoiler, but um, you find humans and the other races basically saying, both your ways suck, y'all both need to leave the universe, now we're going to do this third way. So you see this happening a lot in this sort of like genre fiction. And I like that there was some ambiguity. Like, you know, in the first season, clearly Noah is this very sinister figure clearly being made out to be the bad guy. In the second season, you see there's a little bit of like moral grayness. And then third season, he's incredibly sympathetic because his mission is then when Charlotte uh, um, as a baby gets uh, taken away by uh, older Elizabeth and, uh, and Claudia uh, to, um, to uh, you know, to back to, you know, the, the 1980s uh, for Tannhaus to, 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 to raise as his granddaughter. Um, like, I like that you saw um, that there is this complexity, Adam trying to destroy the, the, the knot and destroy everybody, uh, Ava trying to maintain it, but keeping everybody on the same spiral, the same sort of loop that causes pain and misery. And they're both wrong. I like that they're both wrong. I like that too. I guess in my mind, maybe I would have enjoyed it a little bit more uh, because 
sides were so vague that it wasn't clear to me that Adam was actually on the side of the dark because maintaining the loop also seems like a dark thing to do. If they made it more explicit, I think, in season two toward the end, that Adam's goal was actually to destroy all time, I would have liked it a little bit more, I think, as a reveal that Martha is constantly spinning him back to her plan, uh, you know, uh, when she's older. But maybe that's just a personal Maybe. I don't think you. I don't. I don't think you could have gotten that reveal without getting the reveal of older Marta as Ava at the end of season two, and they needed to keep that a secret until season three. Um, so one thing uh, you know that we keep getting into is the show's complexity, um, and I think a feature of the show is that, as you said, Kaylin, it kind of helps you move carefully from step to step so that all the big revealers, reveals and spoilers, you know, feel um, like they land. But I do think that one cost to this is that, you know, the more cerebral a show is, the less an audience can invest in the emotions of the characters. I'm curious how you guys, how do you guys feel the show handled this trade-off where the emotions of the first season are kind of gone, like we don't have the true crime family drama um as we get more and more complex and are there any beats in this season that still hit you i don't quite yeah. understand that thought process i mean i was emotionally invested in a lot of the characters i hated katarina that's definitely an emotion that was brought out of me because she had huge amount of emotion in the first season and continuously throughout uh Kaylin? um yeah i i agree with clark and i kind of disagree with you a little bit Brent um because they this show um unlike a lot of sci-fi shows know how to get the the science fiction part of it right but also get the human interactions part right um the moment uh when um Jonas goes to whisk away Marta before Magnus and um um Oh God, what's uh, his girlfriend? Francisca. Francisca. Name? Francisca um, before old, the older versions of them take her away to start the loop again, um, I was like on the edge of my seat. Like my heart was beating. I was like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Him twisting the, the time sphere uh, and then running to get her and get her. Like, oh I my was God. like, it was so well done. And I was so invested that I wanted to make sure that these the, the the versions of, of of Jonas and Marta like could could help save the day like it it was such a a wonderful staple of heroic fiction that I didn't think that I would get excited about um you know anymore in my sort of jaded cynical view of the world um, yeah, also uh, I'm sorry and then the, the moment I, I referenced earlier when you have Ava and Adam towards the end and he doesn't kill her and then she's like shocked and she's like, what happens next? And then she has this, she like her facade just kind of melts away. Like again, just incredibly like heartbreaking. I, I think, so, so to your point, Brent, like I, I do think it started out as who killed, all, who killed all these fucking children? And it turned into something a lot greater at the end. But I, I don't think at any point, even though genres might have shifted a little bit, it still felt like dark is sort of its own sort of genre a little bit. And at the tail end of it, one of the last things that, like, I was on the edge of my seat to the very end, when they finally go through that fucking art house place to get into the real world, and they get, and I, when they swerve, and when that car swerved, I was like, are they going to create the cycle all over again? So I was, I was in it until the very, very end. Luckily, they actually did break the cycle and it changed, but I was in it to the very, very end. And adding the theatrics of putting one of those time travel balls in your pocket, waiting a sec, and then running towards someone and grab it, but that is dumb and I love it. That is some action hero stuff, like no sense. I don't know if you can categorize this as a specific genre because it it, in, it has so much in it. I think it I think it transcends a lot of things. Maybe a dark 
That's it. Just the name of the genre. The end. We needed that superhero, like hero moment in the end of episode seven because we weren't going to get that huge, like insane rush in season eight. It was going to be, I mean, you know, kind of taught, like working it out by conversation instead of by action in a way. Because we're going to get that Thanos snap at the very end, too, where everyone's away. Uh, Um, That's true. my favorite emotional bit in the entire series is after Claudia quasi murders Egon and she goes back to her house and is like washing the blood off her hands and like slowly freaking out and like, you know, goes against the door. I mean, against the cabinets and starts crying and stuff was absolutely fabulous. I mean, from the very first moment you're invested in Claudia without really realizing why, other than the fact that yeah. she looked great. Yeah. Um, the, I, the last moments of that show before we get into real world, um, when everyone's disintegrating was so well done. They show Claudia up, you know, Claudia is like my centerpiece and they show her slowly disintegrating and realizing that like she's done it kind of thing was no. really good. But weirdly yeah. my favorite moment and I like him but wasn't invested as much was um, medium Jonas when he, as I said already, when he starts disintegrating, I thought was crazy powerful and really, really good moment. Yeah, I definitely, um, uh, Ryan, to your point, I definitely got uh, moments of Infinity War of like when, you know, you started seeing the snap and everybody sort of disappears. Of course, this is the (laughs) benevolent version of it. Like the gold, the gold sparkles. It's almost like the end of uh, the good place to after Mm -hmm. they go through the doorway. Um, And uh, like, you know, the good place spoilers. Ah, I'm sorry, everyone. You've had your time. It's just, uh, it if I can defend what I was saying, please do. We hate you. The more no. a show is cerebral, the more you have to think about who's who, what's happening now, what's going on, the easier it is to separate that from it being like a purely raw emotional experience, like I think Bojack Horseman is, uh, from like an intellectual exercise where I can still say, I respect the relationships they have, but I don't see the real love between Jonas and Marta. I will say there are certain characters that I do think really nailed it, like Claudia and Regina. I thought that relationship really held up emotionally over time, but a lot of them start becoming this kind of, you know, philosophical paradox exercise where you feel a lot of pity for characters but you're not necessarily invested in the same way you might be in, in a show that like really focuses more on basic interactions. Kayla? So I agree that I think the romantic chemistry between Jonas and Marta, like up to the end of season two felt very forced. Like, and mostly it's because Marta is not a character until season three. She is somebody who reacts to the environment around her and the characters around her. Um, I, you see it a little bit more in the third season. And it's the two moments that I mentioned when Jonas comes in and does the superhero moment with the, the time sphere. And at the very end, when Ava like lets down her guard that you actually feel like, okay, there is a real connection even after uh, lifetimes, infinite lifetimes of this animosity between these two former lovers uh, slash uh, aunt and nephew um, that, uh, that, you know, you, you, you can kind of, kind of see it. But I think going back to what I was saying earlier, like, you know, it's the 10th anniversary of Lost Ending um, where uh, Lindelof, who is a phenomenal like TV writer and creator, basically uh, um, sacrificed the cerebral aspects of Lost to make, to give an emotional ending. And I remember like, at the end of Lost, I remember crying at like how the characters were interacting. And then I thought about it for a day or two and I was like, wait a minute. Like that didn't really, that, like it didn't, it, it couldn't catch the check that it was trying to deposit. Like it was completely, um, it, you know, it, it, the, the way that they set it up was like, we're going to set, like you know, create this mystery box show and we're gonna uh, ultimately answer questions. It didn't answer a lot of questions. It just wanted to tell the story about the human condition. Great, but that's a bit of a bait and switch for people who are watching for this reason. Dark was able to do both. It was able to give me the cerebral aspect and it was for the most part able to give me the uh, emotional uh, interaction and impact that I really, really wanted. 
Dark, I mean, Dark, excuse me, Lost became a show that was the internet shipping different couples and Linda and then the producers deciding how to romantically connect them at the end when they bring, who, God, what's her name, Juliet and Sawyer, they're like, oh yeah, this is the last episode, let's make them have an emotional romantic connection. You're like, who gives a fuck? Why is this what we're dealing with now? I cried at that scene. But really? <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, I did. Um, but, you know, that's 10 years ago. But, but for one day. So um, now that the timeline uh, has collapsed, uh, do you guys think that this was a happy ending? Do you think it was something more akin to Mad Men, where it seems like a lot of people have been prevented from suffering, but given the show's themes that people are going to suffer, uh, still there's going to still be chaos. Uh, uh, Clark, what do you think? Um, it seems happy, but you know, you, you get the metaphor with, with Hannah, Hannah's dark fucking metaphor. I didn't mean to say dark, but it actually worked really well. Where she was like kind of happy that she thought the world, the dream where she thought the world was going to end. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I thought this ended really fucking dark, but also happy at the same time. We got like, you know, cute queer couple getting together and everyone loves Wohler and his non eye with Hannah and stuff. <laughs> but it still was like, Hannah is fucked up to the end. Yeah. Well, some people are just who they are in every universe. Yeah, yeah, I was happy with that. Yeah, but I definitely, I, I, I definitely. I felt, I felt a sense of happiness at the very end. I like seeing all the people in this sort of origin world sort of just being like, <laughs> wouldn't it be weird if there was like 18 more people here? Anyway, drink. Like I loved, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was done well. It was sad, but in the way that like, it's just fucking coming to an end. A lot of these people just never fucking existed. And that's sad, but also they don't know that it's sad just like the way you feel when you die is what i equate it to existed. they were just they were just characters that yeah they weren't real so i don't feel too bad for them because they did what they needed to do in order to make the world not the real world non-broken yeah, yeah they sacrificed what themselves yeah no i i was gonna say um for hannah specifically I mean, Hannah's, you know, batshit crazy, but she's a compelling character and she like suffers a lot in a show and like she constantly feels like she, uh, she's got a lot of grievances. Um, and so for her to, you know, have a nightmare, if that's the way she views it in the real world, Nurse Zero, um, that, you know, her, her suffering is ended and then there's just this sweet release of oblivion, you know, of course she's going to feel like I can just, be now i can just relax so i think that like that that was a a character beat that made a lot of sense to me uh i definitely predicted the last very second where she goes like what are you going to name the baby i like the okay. name jonah jonah so I'm like, well it can't not yeah. it can't not end that way it yeah. can't not end that way but it's also like okay all right mm -hmm. so oh the end question yeah. mark no, we, you we know, get her, so. yeah we get her crazy face at the very end. That's the last thing we see is an insane woman I, looking at us. God, God, love that crazy, crazy face. Crazy face work. She does so good. Okay, so I'd like to pose one last question. Um, with what happened to his mother? Fucking eye slash arm slash. What happened with him? Paperclip. Paperclip accident at the office. <laughs> the real actor had had an accident, and then he was already cast, and then when he brought him in, he already had a fucked up eye, so they're like, hey, let's just do it. And then he became like a fan favorite. Then they couldn't. They can't tell you. They can't tell you. That would ruin the fan favoriteness of it. Yeah. They should never answer it. It's perfect. Is that it. the last Red Ryan you were super concerned about? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I was like, another, a fourth reality shows up with three heads, it's all the Martas, and they're just like, and then they just poke him, his eye out. Like, what the fuck else would it be? One has bangs, one has pigtails, one has all, all terrible haircuts, yeah. <laughs> Did anyone say, laugh, annoyingly laugh to yourself when it turned out he didn't have a fucked up eye in Earth 2, he just had no arm? <laughs> yeah. that was like, Jesus! Like, who is that guy? <laughs> Poor guy. I will say, I watched, when I, whenever I watch Hannah's crazy, and then I think, oh, God, am I just being, like, sexist toward a character who doesn't really deserve it? And then she does something like, Mavich is fucking crazy. Yeah. 
both things can be true. I think, you know, uh, because she is um, a woman, like there, there are double standards. Like it's the Skylar effect, it's the uh, Carmela Soprano effect. Um, but, you know, and the men around her are also kind of terrible in their own way. Ulrich, true. you know, is a piece of shit. Uh, and even um, uh, Egon, like Egon, who like is ostensibly supposed to be a really decent guy, especially when he's younger, uh, like still treats her like crap. And she has this great moment. She's like, wherever I go, no matter where I go, you're all the same. You're all the same like people. You know, you use me and you abuse me. And then I just got to, I, I realize I, I'm better off on my own. All right. So last, last question. Uh, don't mean to subvert you, Ryan, but... Uh, I want you guys to give the season a ranking, give the entire show a ranking, and then I want to do something that we haven't done before, which is I want you to say what you think the big takeaway from the show is. So uh, I can start. Um, I think I'd give this season probably an A minus. Nearly perfect, really good, uh, but... It, I do think it lacks a little bit of fullness, especially in the Claudia kind of filling it in area. I don't need to see all the alternate universe because I know what this universe is like. Um, show overall, solid A, really great. It's just a good goddamn show. It's hard to recommend because I know that not everyone has the same level of patience. Yeah. Uh, I think that the big takeaway for me is that, um, what I was saying before about, you know, if you don't go back and try and evaluate what it is that people did before you, especially your relatives, if you don't try and take a very cynical view about how they behave and fight with everything in your body to change it, you will become trapped in the same traits that they have, in the same path that, uh, you know, the people around you express. Who wants to take up after that, Ryan? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I would give every single season an A+. I think it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. I would recommend it to everyone, but I, like you said, Brent, I would say buckle up because it is, it's heavy and it's like you really got to pay attention uh, for lots of reasons. Um, I, I recommended it to a lot of my family members, which I didn't think would love it. And they are absolutely in love with it, enthralled or obsessed, which I'm really excited about, actually. Um, I think the overall theme for me is life and death and just how people handle that. So people are, even when they think they're going to die, maybe the last scene with Eva, where she thinks she's going to die, she's got to make peace with not dying on her own terms. So I think it's about life and death how there's a certain, even that deja vu thing that What's-Her-Face said at the very end, it's like just being okay. You don't get to choose how you feel about it, but it inevitably will happen. So just get on board, basically. And flat out, everyone is just in a content loop at all times. We're just recreating the same things over and over again. I, I like that, Clark. I mean, I, I would probably, it's hard. Um, I definitely an A plus, an A minus, and then an A, I think, probably. That's what I just literally thought right now. So season one is my favorite, season three is my second, season two is my third. But um, in terms of what I think the show's about, at least for me, and it's because of Claudia, I think, and she, what she talks about is that you can't change the big things. You can just like change the small things and suddenly these little grains of sand will change your world at the very least, which yeah. I really took away and that's what i absolutely loved about this show and what was your second question i already forgot it i just got one and three in there uh yeah what's the what would you give the show overall oh overall a plus as i said it's what it's yeah definitely my favorite show from the last 10 years and probably other shows when i look back on are probably not as good so it might be my favorite show i've ever seen but that's you based on who i am right now look back on prior shows and think this is stupid no it probably I mean, shit, I look, I, my favorite show as a kid was Thundercats. Looking back on that, it's good, it's fun, but it's not the best show ever. <laughs> uh, Kaylin, do you want to close this out? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I would also give this uh, season an A minus, and I would give the whole show an A to A plus. Um, I do think it's one of the most well done shows I think I've ever seen from the plotting to the human interactions, et cetera, et cetera. I actually uh, disagree a little bit with Clark. I think the second season might be my favorite because of the connective tissue between seasons one and three. I remember the end of season two gasping when they were like introduced the whole concept of alternate worlds because I wasn't ready for that and I was like I think leading up to it and also I think I love the penultimate episodes the most yes uh, from each season um and like clearly the seventh episode in season three was my favorite and then in season two uh when they go back like slightly in the just slightly in the past in 2019 when they're all really happy and like you know Jonas after he's, you know, he's got the strangulation marks on his throat, he's there and he's like observing all of this stuff. Like I was utterly floored. Uh, it was so, so, so well done. And then you had another question about what do you, what do you, what should I take away from it? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the, what do you think is the big takeaway for you? I mean, the thing is that I think, um, is the the utter sort of patterns that we see in our our everyday lives and how we end up like being in these patterns because of who we are. I think they took that and then they took that subtext and they made a text, which I think is very much a show about the human condition. I, I think it's incredibly, incredibly smart. I stand Bartosh. Bartosh. And I, I, I used to hate him and I fucking loved him in, in season Love three. Him. Well, uh, this has been our review of um, uh, Dark Season 3 and then a little recap of the season altogether. Uh, you can catch Dark on Netflix and you can catch us on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Fuck Noise, Blueville, and uh, wherever cell phones are sold. Uh, dark FM, the dark web. Yeah, dark web. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> We're just going to keep going until Kaylin presses unrecord. Please stop.